I'm James Intracasso, and you're in the D&D Character Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist. And that is compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we're bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince the other that our baby is better. Hi, everyone. I'm Dan. And I'm Garen. And in today's episode, we are delighted to be featuring a supplement by Jonathan Dupree. It's called Hedges and Highways. It features 15 new subclasses, as well as feats and spells that are themed around the wilderness, as well as those who lurk in the outskirts of cities and civilizations. Yeah, it's a super neat supplement. It's available on DMs Guild for $9.99, and there's some really great art in here as well. A great overall supplement that can add some really fun flavor to possibly your upcoming Waterdeep Dragon Heist campaign. Ah, good point. Because there are quite a few options in this book for your characters that are a bit less savory than the folks in society. I like this supplement because I really felt like it gave some realistic character subclasses not really high and fantastical but stuff like hedge knight and hedge witch you know which are things that you hear about in fantasy literature quite a bit these people that kind of roam around trying to find their own way trying to build themselves up into something great and while that moniker could seem a little demeaning the author jonathan here has given them abilities very particular to what they would represent so excellent work jonathan on this i had fun building my character and dan if you don't mind I would like to introduce to you two coppers. Two coppers, okay. Two coppers, they call him that because he's always got to put in his two coppers on every situation. You see where I'm going with this now? Yeah. He is a member of the Weavegate. They are another faction that I brought up earlier in the D&D Character Lab history. You might remember the Bone Gate. The Weavegate are agents that work to extinguish evil wizards and those that abuse arcane influence. Two coppers is a furbolg that was brought up in these in this group. He was taught how to hunt down these rogue mages. He wasn't often wrong about his instincts and showed great insight into solving problems. Uh, two coppers specialized in hunting down arcane giants and dark druids. He loved getting in there in the dark, in the murk, working his way through the um, a fetid old forest and axing those boys that are causing all that trouble. Culmination of his career was when he killed... Thundel Mossimo, a druid stone giant notorious for his murder moss that claimed the lives of thousands of squirrels. So, two (laughs) coppers. Total hero in the squirrel community. Oh, the squirrels love him. Does he get to go to, like, the little squirrel villages and, like, get free drinks and stuff? Yeah, and, like, the squirrel ladies are always rubbing up on him, but he's, you know, not into it, but he also kind of appreciates the attention. Well, at least he gets some tail. Straight up. He could really bust a nut with those squirrels. (laughs) (laughs) So Two Coppers is a Strider Ranger. He is actually a Primal Stag Furbolg. I dipped back into Volo's race supplement that we used previously on the show because I really loved that. That was my second choice. I had to go back into it, especially when I started working around this nature-themed character. And I'm bringing Ranger into the lab today, and I'm very excited about this build. Dan, I hope you're impressed. 
I like it. And I'm also happy to hear that you also dipped back into Volo's sub race handbook. I actually don't see many times that I won't be doing this because of the granularity, as I said in the previous episode, that you really can get into with your character builds. I absolutely love this supplement. So it is available for pay what you want on DMs Guild. Shout out to uh, Volo's sub race handbook. So I'm introducing you this week to Quasis. Uh, he was trained spy for the gnomish army. He's a rare whisper gnome. And he was able Ooh. to com communicate in silence, as well as make his whereabouts extremely difficult to audibly track, even when he's in heavily, heavy armor. Recently, he has been tasked with looking for a supposed infiltrator of their small citadel from a notorious shape-shifting sorceress boon and bring them to justice. He took this crime against his people extremely seriously, declaring an oath to find those who were responsible and make, make examples of them. While on his quest, he had witnessed their camp laughing and bragging of their recent heist of a gnomish underground lair holding precious gold coins. Quasis was not aware of any heist in his camp and quickly booked back home to see if it was his group's treasure that had been affected. He accessed the underground lair where the treasure was stored and surely all of it was gone. He was blinded as he experienced an intense rage, the likes of which he had never experienced. Because of the sheer size and assumed power of this boon, Quasis began immediately to train with the warriors in his citadel's militia and became an experienced fighter in preparation for what he assumed was ahead of him. Quasis led the charge in the middle of the night with the gnomish militia in tow and took down the sorceress boon with minimal casualties due to his battlefield skill, his communication skills in battle, as well as his overwhelming healing powers. Let me introduce you to Quasis, the Whisper Gnome from Volo's Complete Subrace Handbook. And he is also a level 7 Oath of Ordeals Paladin, level 4 Path of the Resolved Barbarian, and he is of the Cunning Spy background from the Talent Supplement that we also previously featured on this show, which will come in handy uh, later on. Okay, I gotta give it to you, Dan. I like how your backstory really builds up into why these characters took these classes. It's something that we like to talk about. I want to mention it again here right now. If especially if you're gonna multi-class like your guy did, why did he multi-class? And you made it very clear in your backstory. So congratulations on that. Excellent work. But I do have a question. Do you ever say these characters' names out loud before the show starts? No. Because Quasis is not something I can imagine wanting to say for a campaign. Nope, I sure didn't. It's the Latin word for quiet. <laughs> oh, that's real dumb. Yeah. You know, Quasis is going to want to get some of that gold. Can you it's, just... You're, you, starting to, you... you're starting to make me quasi. <laughs> that aside, great character. Now, while these adventurers may be spending a lot of time in the wilderness, our friends at Cantrip Candles have the olfactory expertise to make it seem real. We're talking about Walk in the Woods. This candle offers nostalgic notes of pine and sandalwood, perfectly transporting you into the wild right next to your characters. Best of all, their candles are 100% soy-based, and all their scents are specifically designed to accompany your tabletop adventures in games like D&D and Pathfinder. If you'd like to experience more of their scents, head over to cantripcandles.com and order yourself a sampler pack, which offers nine of their scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you fall in love with all of their scents, order their full-size candles, which come in 6 and 16-ounce size. Best of all, when you use the code LABRAT, L-A-B-R-A-T, all one word, at checkout, you receive 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. And if you don't know how to spell cantrip, you shouldn't be playing D&D. 
Well, thank you, Garen and Cantrip Candles for that message. I'm going to move right into the melee category as I think you will be quite surprised to hear that my Barbarian and Paladin multi-class does not have as much in this category as you'd imagine. I'm arguing a zero here. He has a great, a great sword with a plus six to hit. Deals out I'd say that's just an okay sword. Yeah. <laughs> 2d6 plus 2 slashing. I have two attacks. I also have the ability to rage and reckless attack. And then I have an ability called Wounded Strength, which at third level you can channel the pain of your injuries into your attacks while you rage. You When you hit a creature with an attack while raging, you can use your reaction to deal additional damage equal to your delayed damage pool which is a maximum for this character of five, and I'll get into the nitty-gritty of that uh, later on when we get to the tankiness category. So I'm thinking a zero here. Yeah. So uh, just to clarify, I can do a potential damage 35 in one round. I don't think it's terribly impressive, but better than a negative one or a negative two, I think. So that's my argument, zero. I, will, I have no problem giving you a zero, especially as a barbarian with your rage damage. I'm also arguing a zero, and you might have a problem with that, but I think you need to hear me out. I have got a short sword, 1d6, plus 2, plus 6 to hit, 2 attacks, but I also have favored enemy, of course, against plants and giants, but I also have a couple other things. Foe Stalker. This is a third level feature from the Strider Ranger. If I spend one minute observing a creature, I can count it as a favored enemy. They have a penalty to proficiency bonuses when trying to check my stealth with their perception, but also, once per turn, I can add my proficiency bonus to a weapon attack against that creature. So that would up my attack to a 1d6 plus 6. I also have Keen Hunter, where I crit on a 19 or 20, and if I crit against a favored enemy, I deal an additional 1d12. Ah, some very cool abilities in there, and I have no issue giving you a 0 for that. But let's talk about ranged. How do you do in that category? Oh, I made a rangey motherfucker this time around. Foe Stalker and Keen Hunter. Also got a plus eight to hit on my longbow, 1d8 plus four, two attacks, and I've got the archery fighting style, which bumps all of that up, plus two, plus two. So I am arguing a plus one on ranged. What's the total potential damage you can do in one round? Yeah, if you're saying potential, like yeah. if, I get a cr if I get a crit yeah. and that, okay, I can do a potential 58 damage if all the stars align. Yeah, so it's, it's rather specific, but I think, you know, playing this in the right campaign, that would be my one argument against giving you a plus two, but since you're asking for a plus one, I think that is just fine. Pretty impressive abilities there when in the right circumstances. I'm on uh, the board with ranged. This has never are, happened. You are on the board with ranged, yes. And I'm arguing here a zero in ranged. I have two attacks, but I have a javelin with a plus six to hit, 1d6 plus two. Nothing impressive here. I'm going to argue that's a minus one if we're looking at comparisons to mine because your potential agree. damage output, yeah, all right. I'll agree with you. But <laughs> moving into burninating, I'm arguing a zero here as well. I have searing smite and divine smite. That's all. Nothing impressive. Yeah, sure. I know the divine smite potential damage is actually pretty good. If you guys aren't familiar, that's 2d8 on a melee attack. So that's pretty solid. Yeah, and it's only a first level spell slot, so it's not too bad. And you can use it pretty frequently should you choose I know it only seems like two spells, but Divine Smite is, is real beefy. It is. It's, it's great. I love it on my Barbarian Paladin. Uh, so when I get to Burninating, here's where I've cheated. I have taken all homebrew spells that I found on D&D Beyond. Guys, this is a great moment for us to announce. I'm so excited to tell you guys that D&D Beyond is not our sponsor. So... <laughs> 
I have got some spells, and Dan, I chose these based on their merit, their balance, and I think you'll find them cool also. So that's why I chose them. Aarakocra Aerostorm. 10-foot radius. All creatures in that 10-foot radius on a failed save takes 3d6 damage. What is the flavor of this Aarakocra Aerostorm? You take the arrows, and you wrap them in a feather, and you throw them up in the air, and then they split and rain down from the sky with feathers on them. That's all part of the flavor text of the spell. That's all cool and stuff, but what relationship do you have with Aarakocra? I met one, and they taught me this spell. Dumb, and it's being discounted. Next. I have Ice Punch, another first-level spell where I can turn my fist into ice. It adds 1d4 uh, bludgeoning damage to an unarmed strike. I can also up that to 1d8 plus my wisdom if I want to break it and end the spell. So that's like a knockout punch, which I thought that was really fun little feature on that. I do kind of like that spell. Keep going. I also have Bristle Burst where needles pop out of my skin. Creatures within five feet must succeed on a dex save or take 2d8 damage, and they have disadvantage on athletic checks until they spend a round cleaning off all the needles. Uh, okay. So I am arguing a plus one. You're not getting a plus one for this. Um, couple neat spells there at the end. The first one, arguable. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you a zero. You're right in par with me. You're right. I am, I'm definitely getting a zero. That's fine. Let's talk about control. I got a couple of more... Fun things here. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with one of my features of the Strider Ranger, which is at level seven. You get to select three Wilderness Knacks. This is what sold me on this subclass is that you got to make it customizable. There was a list of it was something like eight or nine, if I remember correctly. But I got to choose three of them, and one of them I chose was Tunnel Fighting, which is incredibly circumstantial. But I liked it because it's a subject we've never brought up on the show before. The idea of squeezing. If you are in a tight space, it actually restricts your movement, and you are not capable of as much as you possibly could be. With Tunnel Fighting, you ignore all those penalties, and you can use your reaction to make a melee attack against any creature that moves more than five feet while within your reach. So if creatures are trying to move around you, you're in the sewers underneath Waterdeep. This character is very adept in those situations, which I thought that was a lot of fun. I also have another spell that I scoped off of D&D Beyond, and that is Hug of Thunder. I create a series of clouds around the creature, totally opaque. You can't see within them, and the creature within them is deafened because they're constantly getting these loud thunder booms inside the thunder. If a creature tries to walk into the cloud to help their friend, they take 1d8 lightning damage, and then the thunder will wrap around them too and get a little bit larger, and then they're both stuck in it. And it lasts up to an hour. How, that, does, how do you get out of it? I think there's a save. This is great. No, I'm, I'm going to say there's... You, if there's not, it's a broken spell completely. You have to be able to save out of something like that. I'm going to say there's no save. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you vet these spells so well when you choose these things that are made by any Tom, Dick, and Harry out there. Hey, I'll have you know that this spell has been seen 116 times, and it has zero points on D&D Beyond. <laughs> I'm glad that I'm going to give it a point right now. I'm glad that 116 people have seen it on D&D Beyond and all deemed the same thing that I said, which was, this needs a save. <laughs> it has a deck. It has a deck save. I forgot to mention that. Okay. And I have to maintain concentration on it. So, those things considered, I also have... Here's where I get to the point in the show where I want to hold back on some things to talk about them later in the show with our charisma scenario. And I don't want to blow my whole wad. But I also have got classic ranger features. I've got hide in plain sight. 
I have got Natural Explorer. I've got Land Stride, so I ignore difficult terrain. I can help my allies through forest, plains, and mountains. So I am arguing a zero on control. You can get a zero on control. Sweet! What do you got? I'm arguing a plus two. No! Buckle up your seatbelt. So I have a, I took the social cunning feat from this supplement, and it's when you're faced with a creature whose language you do not understand, you can attempt to communicate them simple ideas by making a successful charisma ability check, which I think is really cool. I think yeah. that's, uh, the DC is, that makes tw sense. is 20 minus the creature's intelligence score. Okay, so that's a, that's potentially a really high DC because you can't communicate with just about anything. Yeah, A lot so, of beasts would have a low intelligence score. Right. And then uh, when you roll a one on a charisma ability check, you can re-roll the die and use the new roll. I also took the volatile feat. This is kind of playing into the rage a little bit of that I had gone in with my backstory, but also I think this is a great feat to take when you are a barbarian in general. And it reads, when you make a strength ability check to break something, you can add double your proficiency bonus to the check. Also, you gain proficiency in the intimidation skill. And whenever you would make a intimidation check, you may replace your charisma modifier with your strength modifier. I think that's super cool. I also have Whisper Magic, which is a racial feature of the Whisper Gnome. It allows you to cast the silent spell centered on yourself once per day as, as a second level spell. And Wisdom is your spell casting ability for that spell. And also I have Gnomish Whisper. It uh, allows your mastery of Gnomish Whispering. It allows you to basically silently communicate because you are such a master in Gnomish Whispering. You know the message cantrip and you can cast it as a bonus action as many times as you want per day. I also have the Cunning Spy background, which, again, we touched on this a little bit in our Talents episode, but this is kind of one of those that you have three Cunning Spy points. They're all a D12. Basically, whenever you want to make an ability check that involves the Deception, Investigation, Stealth, or the ability to use a Disguise Kit, Forgery Kit, Thieves Tools, you can spend one of these points to roll a D12 and add it to the check, which I think is great. More backgrounds need that kind of utility. It's just awesome. I also have the Command Spell. That is it for Control. I'm going to disregard the background because you've already used two supplements. So using three supplements, I'm going to call Adventures League rules on you and say you're breaking the rules. Yeah, is that right, D&D Beyond? Is that right? Uh, let me check with our sponsor, D&D Beyond. And yes, they agree with me. You got a really great list there. I love the unlimited messages thing. That it, that offers a lot of utility, especially when you start to get clever with how you use it. I also love the idea of being able to communicate with unintelligent creatures, with, um, with any creature, uh, potentially unintelligent. So I'm definitely going to push the roll on this because I can't really argue down a plus two. Okay, and my charisma modifier says auto. Oh, that's right, because Ben Potts gave me an auto crit plus three today, friendo. Mark it down. That's right. At the $20 tier, you too can choose once per six months to have either Garen or I auto crit or auto fail. And he messaged me the other day in our Discord, which is a privilege of a $1 and up patron, that he would like me he would like me to auto crit on this week's roll so i get a plus three thank you ben potts ben potts i don't care for you okay fine i'm gonna make it back how tanky are you so i'm arguing a plus two here and i'm taking a little bit of a different approach so also part of the volatile feat is when you have less than one quarter of your total hit points remaining rounded down you deal additional damage with all weapon attacks equal to your proficiency bonus i love this flavor for barbs so cool and then also as part of the social cunning feat, when an effect that you can see would cause you to, t to make a charisma saving throw, you can spend your reaction to make the saving throw with advantage, which I think is great. I also have Firm Resolve, which is a feature of the Path of the Resolved Barbarian. It allows you at the third level to, t to gain delayed damage pool. So basically, you know, you can kind of put up to five damage 
not super significant because it is your barbarian level plus your con modifier and you can put it in this pool and at the end of your turn you lose hit points equal to the total in your delayed damage pool and then it resets but you don't take it immediately and any healing that you receive can allow you to regain the hit points as normal or decrease your delayed damage pool by an amount equal to the healing I also have an AC of 13, but that's because I want the benefits of rage and I don't need to use that, that heavy armor. I also have 129 hit points, danger sense, divine health, and of course the benefits of rage to that resistance to piercing, piercing, bludgeoning, slashing, whatever else comes with it. So I'm wow. taking a bit of a unique approach here and asking for a plus two. I, I love that delayed damage pool. That is really neat. That is neat. And did you appreciate... The volatile feat when I said, when you have less than one quarter of your total hit points remaining rounded down, you deal additional damage with your weapon attacks equal to your proficiency bonus. That's a different take on the tankiness category because I argue the lower that I get, the harder I am to take down because I'm going to be dealing out extra damage to my foes. What do you think? It's very interesting. I'm going to needle you down on the AC because you are easier to bring down in that regard. You, of course, have the rage bonus. At level, what'd you say, four of a barbarian? Yes. You probably only have three rages. So, okay. I'm going to say we both deserve a plus one. I have an AC of 16. I have 121 hit points. I also have a feature called Primal Reflex. This is part of being a Primal Stag Furbolg. If I take the dodge action, I can reduce incoming damage by 1d6 plus dex plus proficiency once per short rest. I also have a spell that I found on our not-sponsored D&D Beyond called, you're going to love this one, Goodberry Soup. It takes five minutes to eat, and it restores 30 hit points. Nope. Why must you insist on using shit that is like nobody's reviewed it, it's dumb? What level spell is that? That's a level three spell. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of that. So anyway. It I, takes five minutes. You just post up. And you restore 30 hit points. Yeah, that's really powerful, dude. That's like lay of hands. Well, let's talk about a level 3 cure wounds would restore 3d8 plus your wisdom. Yeah, so unless your wisdom is 6, it's not doing the same amount. I'm sorry, this is goodberry soup. You don't know the potential of it. It takes 100 goodberries to make it. That's listed in the details. No, it's, it's real dumb. I'm not giving you anything for that. What so we're both here? getting a plus one. No, you're getting a zero. You're using d dumbass bullshit from D&D Beyond that some person made... And without running it past anyone or balancing anything. How dare you we, talk about our not sponsor like that? <laughs> we constantly harp on the wonderful people in this community and the supplements that are out there and how they have such amazing talent and all this other stuff. And then you go using stuff like that and promoting people to use this stuff that has not been vetted in the least. By all means, be creative, folks. But this stuff is D&D &D wiki worthy. Get out of here with that. Somebody get at us on Facebook, on Twitter. All you have to say is Goodberry Soup and an exclamation point. And I'll know that you agree. No one do that. All right, so how do you help your friends, though? You took a plus one? I'm a plus one, you're a zero. There's no way I'm giving ah, you a plus fuck. one for that crap. All right, here's how I help my friends. First of all, <laughs> extra helpings of goodberry soup all around. Nope. Second, herbalism lore. Another feature of my wilderness snacks. This is a proficiency in herbalism. I also can grant my allies an additional 1d6 HP after a short rest if they used hit die to recover any health. So very slight, but I liked that feature. That's a nice little thing. I also have ambush expertise. This is this is the coolest wilderness knack I saw. I can use the help action to give all my allies within 30 feet advantage on stealth checks. 
Me and allies deal an additional 1d8 damage on all surprise attacks. That's pretty cool. You like that one, right? Yeah. I love the flavor of that because that's like me and all my boys popping up all at the same time. And I'm just like, get them. And you kind of know like the way around the wilderness. You're like, guys, no, this way, this way. There's like a little nook in this tree over here. This is where we could shoot all their sweet meats. So I am arguing a plus one on ally assist. I like that. And I'll give you the plus one because I'm arguing a plus two. But before I get into that, I'd love to tell our listeners how they could help the D&D Character Lab and get a plus two in ally assist for themselves. Hey, listeners, did you know that we have a variety of ways that you can support our show? That's right. We have a Patreon that has tiers that start at just $1 and move all the way up to 20 bucks. We have a Discord that you can chat with us and uh, create pop culture characters with us, bonus episodes, early access to our regular show, way more. Check it out. Patreon.com forward slash D&D Character Lab. We also have supplements available on DMsGuild.com for just a buck. Search Garen Jones. It's a stupid name, isn't it? And you can see all the great stuff we offer. We also have ability score shirts for sale that have all of the maximum and minimum values for each ability score in a box on your chest. You can cop it and show up to your party and be the coolest person there. All of the proceeds from everything that I just mentioned go directly towards benefiting our show and keeping us funny. So I'm going to argue for ally assist a plus two. Prepare yourself. I have heroism, magic weapon, cure wounds, lay of hands, aura of protection, protection fighting style, Healer's Sight, which is a second level spell out of this supplement, uh, and it states, you focus on the health and pain of those around you. For the duration, you sense the health of creatures within 30 feet of you and can determine if a creature's been wounded or not, and you have advantage on all medicine checks made with creatures in this area. Additionally, when you cast this spell, and as an action, on each subsequent turn in which you maintain concentration, you can determine the total number of maximum hit points, remaining hit points, and total hit die of a single creature within 30 feet. And it can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone and some metal and some other parameters. I think this is really cool flavor because this is his ability to silently communicate with his people on the battlefield and kind of just be like, hey, you doing okay? How much you got? How much you got left? You know, and he's able to assess the situation. He's very perceptive on the battlefield. So I'm arguing a plus two here. I think there's a lot of stuff here that I can help my friends with, especially in healing. So the spell allows him to metagame and ask people how much HP they have left? Yes, but it's flavored outside of the metagame. <laughs> yeah, tell me more about how great your spells are. My spells are so tits. <laughs> he could ask them if they want more goodberry soup while they're out on the battlefield. Yeah, everyone's going to say no because they're like, oh, that's not a thing. So plus okay. two? Plus two? Yeah, you can have your plus two, but your argument is so boring because you're not bringing any new sexy spells. I did actually bring a new sexy spell, and it's called Healer's Sight from the supplement in which we're featuring this week. Yes, one, and I'll get to my spell later, and it's real sexy. But I just wanted to have all sexy spells instead of just one. (laughs) Let me move into balance. I'm arguing a plus one here. I'm going to run through these numbers. I got a strength of 15, dex of 11, con of 12, intelligence of 10, Wisdom of 9, Charisma of 17, Passive Perception of 9, which I what I was really hoping that I could do a little bit more with that Wisdom score, but it just didn't work out. It doesn't quite fit my backstory very well, but there were too many other places that I had to put a, points in, and I wanted to take these feats instead of do Ability Score improvements, so that is one glaring flaw here. That's why I'm going to ask for a plus 1. I also have that High Charisma not as something that is innate, but something that was trained as a spy in the in the militia. You were trained into your charisma. I like that. Yeah. Well, that's definitely plus one worthy. That doesn't, that doesn't suck by any means. 
I am arguing a plus two, and I don't think this is a stretch at all. I have a strength of 14, a dex of 18, a con of 12, an intelligence of 10, a wisdom of 14, a charisma of 12. I have a passive perception of 16, also proficient in stealth survival, arcana, and investigation. This is a very balanced character. I did not take any feats. I just put those features into making him have a decent spellcasting modifier and a really nice ranged attack. Yeah, yeah, you earned your plus two. You sound very impressed. Thank you. <laughs> yes, did a wonderful job this week. Um, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I am arguing a plus two for smooth operator. But before we get into that, this week for smooth operator, uh, it was written by me, and it was actually used in one of our fan lab battles. And I liked it so much. I like what I do so much that I figured I'd recycle <laughs> it. <laughs> You're so lazy. You reuse this. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good, and I'd like to see what you do with it. So, you enter your favorite watering hole and discover Galus Fendrun, the half-elf... Another name you did not say out loud. He's a half-elf that used to bully you in middle school, is sitting down front and center at the bar, speaking obnoxiously, and the bar patrons are laughing loudly around him. He quickly fixes his gaze on you as you enter and exclaims your name. What do you do? So, Garen, what would you do here? I see him... And at first, maybe I'm a little shooken. Maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little shook. But I squelch that, and I say, that's right. I am two coppers. And everybody in here that can cast a single goddamn cantrip knows that also. Because a feature of my background of the mage hunter is reputation. Where other spellcasters know me, they know the work I done did. And so a few of them around the room be like, oh shit, yeah, this is really him. This is two coppers. And I say, you know what, Galius? One day... In the lunchroom in school, you ate all my dessert. Well, I got news for you, buddy. We're both eating all the dessert tonight until one of us can't eat any mo dessert. And I throw a whole bunch of money down on the counter and I say, friendly tavern owner, bring us all the sweet treats you possibly got. And we sit across the table from each other and we start munching on dessert. And I cast a spell called Digest Anything. So no matter how much dessert I eat, I can digest it just fine. I feel perfectly healthy. Meanwhile, Galius gets a real bad tummy ink and keels over at the table. I'm arguing a plus two. That's pretty good. I'm going to make you roll for that plus two. All right. I rolled a 13 plus one is not going to do it. All right. You'll take that plus one then. All right. I'm arguing a plus two. I would enter and then immediately use the message cantrip to tell the bartender that this guy is a notorious thief in town and he's been going bar to bar to charm the patrons and then rob everybody blind. So I would suggest that she cut him off from drinking anymore and ask that he leave. Meanwhile, I would approach him and embrace him. Upon greeting one another, I would insist with my plus seven persuasion that he smells totally awful. I would then excuse myself to the bathroom and insist that his odor was starting to make me ill. I would use the disguise kit in the bathroom and disguise myself as one of the biggest asshole gnomes in our high school that I know Galus used to look up to and aspire to be just like. I would then come out of the bathroom as this asshole, greet Galus, and use my cutting spy D12 to roll a deception check, and I insist loudly that I too smell this foul odor and that maybe he should just go home and shower. Meanwhile, the bartender also asks him to leave and be because he's a thief and starts accusing him of all the crap that I told her. And he just gets bullied by everybody as he leaves. What do you think? Okay. So your cunning spy gives you a bonus to deception checks, correct? Yes. Does it give you any bonuses to persuasion checks? No. 
So to talk to the bartender, I feel like you need to give a persuasion check on no, that. The pr- no, then the bartender, did- I d- I'm using message because I'm a whisper gnome and I'm able to communicate with her silently. So I did that as Yeah, but as you're I still going to have to persuade her of what you're telling her is true. Uh, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if silent persuasion is a thing, but I can try. You're making shit up. You're still going to have to convince her so what I you're telling a, her is true. So I rolled a 17 on that. Okay, that's fine. Then you're deceiving him yes. that he smells, and you're deceiving him that you're the other guy, and you're deceiving him that the other guy also smells it. Yep, so 10 plus... Uh, so that's a 20 total for the first deception. Second deception, 19. <laughs> and, oh yeah, this one is 27. So with your, with your D12, those rolls are all awesome. Your persuasion check was right on, but the features you're actually using, not that great. So I'm going to argue this is a plus one. Okay, fair. Tell me you got something real nasty planned well, for so, spitting fire. So I'm arguing a plus one here. I would immediately cast silence on myself at the second level and then approach him with my arms outstretched. And then I would embrace him and start excitedly talking to him. He would not be able to understand anything I was saying. And so he would probably have to come closer to me and be like, what did you say? What? You know? And as he came closer, I would use the command spell on the bartender to have her take two beer mugs, one in each hand, and sort of do like that squishing motion, like together, but his head is in the middle. You know what I'm talking about? And she would just slam. She's just smashing him with two mugs? Yep. (laughs) How would you command her to do that in one word? All right. So that's what I'm, smash is what I tell her to do. (laughs) Smash. So So she smashes her own face on the bar. Yeah. And then I would use the command spell at the second level to have everyone at the bar flee in fright of his bloodied face. I would then remove silence and enter a rage. I would tell him off in the rage of all of the terrible crap that he did to me as a child. And then I would strike him with my divine smite on my greatsword as he's likely blinded from all the blood that's trickling in his eyes and the glass shards and shit. And then that attack would have advantage. So I think that's a, I think it's a plus one. I think you've been murdering people a lot in these spitting fires lately. Because this guy bullied me in middle school. Yeah, he's he's dead. It's definitely plus one worthy because you had a lot going on there. You're kind of abusing the word command, but I'll well, allow no, flea, it. Flea really was one of the things in command that you could tell people to do. I suppose if the bartender was holding a mug, you could point at his face and say, smash. That would, that I'd interpret. That's right. Smash. Smash. So how would you handle this okay. aggressively? Okay, I'm arguing a plus two. This is real simple. I walk into the room. He's taunting me. I cast a spell called Chameleon Mask, which I took out of Hedges and Highways, where I can attempt to hide even if I'm lightly obscured. It's basically a really sweet spell for being able to use the hide in plain sight action that you get as a ranger. So I head to the back of the room and I just hide and then I'm completely gone. Nobody knows I'm there anymore. Maybe I'm just under the table, but with Chameleon Mask on, they don't see me anymore. Then I cast a spell called Arg on him you are going to straight up love this yeah doubtful. target must succeed target is going to su- must succeed on a wisdom save or they can only yell and scream they can't cast spells that require verbal components and creatures within 10 feet of them are deafened so i cast the spell on this guy and he just starts going Aah! and everybody around is holding their ears and cringing and they're deafened and then i use a feature of the primal stag called stag leap which as a bonus action i can do a 10 foot standing jump so i jump out from under the table straight out the door as a hero as he's screaming inside this bar what do you think i mean i like the spell it's a good spell arg dan has 112 upvotes on DD beyond one of the highest rated spells i could possibly find i like the spell so you're arguing a what here I'm arguing a plus two for screen factor. 
All right. Yeah, you take your plus two. It's pretty cool. Thank you. So, Dan, you going to do a drum roll? No? Great. We're past that. Year two, no more drum rolls. All right? Can we just put it, keep it that? If you want to do trumpets or trombones, that's fine with me. Sorry, I, 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 I had the uh, arg cantrip done on me when I did that. You sounded like Scuttle from Little Mermaid. You have beat me eight to seven, which was well-earned. I really liked your character. Nice balance on it. Good use of your spells. I know you didn't care for my spells, but would you play your character? Yeah, I like the delayed damage pool as well as the Paladin has a ton of cool features that I didn't really even get to touch on. So definitely I would play this character. Probably not with these same ability scores. I'd probably swap out a couple of the feats for better wisdom, but definitely a cool character. How about you? Yeah, I really enjoyed this Ranger. This is one of my more favorite builds I found, especially because of the Wilderness Knacks. There, as I mentioned, there are others that you could still get to really customize your character. I probably wouldn't take, apart from ambush expertise, I wouldn't take the ones I did, but I wanted to choose things that really stood out for the show and really showed you guys the depth that Jonathan put into this Ranger. So excellent work on that, Jonathan. Two Coppers would be a really fun character to play. So another brilliant supplement, Hedges and Highways, now available on DMs Guild. There will also be a link in the show notes. We sincerely recommend that you guys pick this up. This is a lot of fun, written by a really talented guy that we have in the D&D community. But we, here in the lab, have a few more exciting up- updates to share with you of our own. Speaking of DMs Guild, I wonder if you've checked out Denizens of the Beastlands, now a nothing bestseller on D&D on DMs Guild and D&D Beyond. We've also got our Patreon bonus episodes As we mention all the time, there are so many of these at this point. If you come in at the $5 tier, you will have tons of Fight Club and tons of Monster Lab to get into. All of our Monster Labs have the stat blocks and the drawings for you on our Patreon feed. $5 a month. So next, guys, I know we talked a lot about YouTube. Of course, life happens a little bit. And we have been delayed on that project a little. But we are still having a lot of fun with all the lab stuff that we want to create for you. So keep an eye on our social media feed for more updates on YouTube as we come along. And next week, I can tell you, we are going to be featuring another great DMs Guild supplement all about dragons. If you know what I'm talking about, you should be excited too. Really fun work in here. So thank you for joining us for this fantastic hedgy episode of D&D Character Lab. Yeah, I just barely hedged you out this week. Oh. <laughs> that about wraps things up for us this week, Lab Rats. Just remember, when it comes to character creation, it doesn't have to be optimized. It just has to be fun. Have a great week. This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at DND Character Lab. Or shoot us an email at DND Character Lab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. This candle offers nostalgic notes of pine and sandalwood, perfectly transporting you into the wild night with your characters. Best of all, they're wild right with your characters. Wild night.